You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 100, Keeping It Simple with Katherine Metz. Welcome to the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. If you've been listening to us for a while or you're a newbie, welcome. And we hope you enjoy this earlier episode. So today we have a special episode for two reasons. The first number. Yeah. 100. 100. Yeah. Laura, why don't you talk about why it's special for two reasons? Well, one is that it's 100 and I feel like that's just, I be, I believe that's a big podcast thing too. It's like when you get to episode 100, you get to want anything 100 when you're doing things over and over and over again. And the other reason is that we have our teacher, Catherine Metz here with us. And we're going to have a conversation with her and she's going to talk about the theme for today that we thought we would talk about is beauty and simplicity and the idea of just how powerful keeping it simple can be in this practice. It's something that Angie and I talk a lot about. I'm sure you guys have heard us talk about it. And it was something that had come up in one of our weekly calls with Catherine And we just, it really resonated with us because it was something that Angie and I were already planning to talk about. And I thought, well, why not get Catherine here? Because she, in my mind, is embodies this very well. And she's very, the way she speaks about it and the way she, the words she uses for this practice are always simple, but graceful. And I always say that things can be simple, but that doesn't necessarily make them easy. So just because something is simple doesn't mean it's, it's, um, it's not still powerful. So Catherine is our teacher. She has her own, oh, and we're going to talk about it at the end. I want to talk about uh, her library that she has. Catherine, I came to because Angie was also studying with her and she has such an amazing way that she, with the library that she has of the thoughts of the professor, uh, the teachings for the Black Sect Feng Shui, and also her ability to look at the space, but also the deep wisdom and lineage aspect of it. So for me, I'm so grateful that I'm able to, and I know Angie feels this way too, that uh, we're able to meet with her weekly and learn from the amazing resources that she has on her her website, which I recommend everyone go check out. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about it at the end as well. But Catherine, why don't you say hi and Welcome. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be with both of you, my very best students, I would say. (laughs) It's great to spend time um, just discussing this topic of simplicity because it's something Professor spoke about again and again and again. Yeah. And it's something that I guess Angie and I have come to not knowing necessarily that it was something that was so it, it makes total sense that there's something that the professor would talk to about again and again and it was a deep part of the practice 
but for us and and it's when you start to teach people or when people really want to learn about the practice they have a tendency to want to they don't like to look at the, and we just have to keep telling them go back to just the simple just keep it simple just try not to jump eight steps ahead so for us it's just in a practical sense it's something that we deal with all the time with either with listeners or people that follow our blog or with our own students so i thought it would be great to get you here, if you could chat a little bit and share maybe some of the professor's thoughts on this idea of keeping things simple and what that meant and what that means for this practice. Yeah. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, I was, I thought about it late last night. And so I was just cleaning up my inbox late last night and this piece rolled through my inbox and I thought it was really pertinent to today. And it was just these words. It was very simple. And it was, there's beginner and intermediate and advanced. And so the beginner is sort of practicing ignorant simplicity and ignorance in the best way. It's just a simple lack of education, right? So, and the intermediate is working with functional complexity. So we can talk about that as, as we go forward. And the advanced student is working with profound simplicity. So there are all these levels of simplicity. And in terms of ignorant simplicity is where we all started as beginners. You know, it's so wonderful that a person is willing to be a beginner once again. And I always have to say that that's the most wonderful place to be because you can be open. And often students ask professor, well, when can I go out and teach some of this? When can I share it? When, when can I take this information and use it? And one of the, the things that he said that I'll never forget is that if you know where a bed should go, if you move the bed, you can save a life. And so you can take a piece of information and use it well. And then he said, then go back to your teachers and learn the next step. Ask the right person at the right time and go from there. So he always followed up that uh, use what you know but then go back and learn more. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we've, I mean, we've seen this in our students, when they learn, you know, some stuff and they want to go out and start practicing with others, we, we recommend that they start simple and, and we try and tell them to, and it's hard to believe this and trust this, that you already know enough that you, whatever you know right now is enough. And, and whenever you go and share it, it's generally, you know, commanding position, they know, you know, enough that they can already be of service and really show up where people need them and trust that that's going to be enough for now, because you're going to, you're going to, you're going to get the people, they're going to come to you for a reason. And what you have is the right thing at that moment, if that makes sense. Yes, that's absolutely true. That's, that's why in the beginning, if there's a, a sense of wanting to go out and go into someone's house and look at their feng shui and get all involved in that way. And I would just suggest that to keep it simple is to wait until you're asked and not even look at those things. Keep your life simple at the beginning, or you're going to start worrying about your friends and their feng shui. And, and you have to wait. You have to take, take your time. Give someone a space to come to you. And those people who want what you have, you'll be able to give. So, yeah, I think that's huge because I find that a lot of our students, but maybe people in general, and I always, and I noticed this about myself, definitely when I started studying feng shui is you immediately want to, you think, oh, someone else can use that. 
we had a student say, that would be good for my sister, or that would be good for so-and-so. And so they, they immediately want to start helping other people. And one of my healers said recently, she just talked about how first looking at what it means to you, because whatever that feng shui adjustment is, or whatever piece of information you learned, or whatever, whatever you're picking up from it is something that's useful for you and for you to understand. But once you start giving it away and trying to explain it to other people that aren't asking for it, then you actually, it, it loses its meaning. And you can harm yourself in that way. Mm -hmm. So you can speak words that, that sort of bounce off the other person and bounce back at you. And then you're carrying all of that. And so you are, uh, you carry more of that, that dust and those words kind of stick to you. And that's not a good place to be. So you want to be protective of yourself in that way and be in right time. Oh, right. that's like that idea of some of our other feng shui teachers would say like, don't, don't take on their karma. And I love that visual of like, you're just, you're, cause sometimes people just talk at you or you talk at people and you think you really, you want them to understand you, but they don't really know what you're saying. Right. Right. And, and it's just, it's just a mirror. It's just reflecting it back at you and you're, you're absorbing it and it's not really about them. And that's when you have to really have the discernment to, to see if someone's asked you for the help and how do you help yourself first? Yeah, I think the thing we have to remember is that it's our job, Professor had said over and over again, to follow the chi. And I think that's allowing the need to draw us in um, and not walking into someone's need without being asked. It, it's the essence of that need will come to us and we allow ourselves then to be drawn in and, and take that place of teacher, mentor, healer, whatever is needed at that time. So that ability to allow that to be pulled in rather than to jump in is an important part of that beginner's ignorance. Simply. <laughs> that, that's a place to begin, I think. Yeah. I had one question here, which we've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, how practitioners and consultants can use simplicity when working with clients. We've kind of talked a little bit about it. But one thing that I have tried to do, and I, and I know you've mentioned this, Catherine, is to show up empty, to be open, and the importance of listening. And that's something that I, I will fully admit that when I first started this practice, I was not particularly good at. But it's something that I've really been working hard to cultivate. Yeah, um, I think we have to trust that the path to follow will unfold. Um, in that sacred space that we bring with us into a consultation. And we have to know that we're following the path of our client. It's not our path, it's their path. So in order to follow their path and to follow the chi, one has to listen. You know, if you can listen deeply, you can sort of dive into that space of that ancient wisdom that's trying to speak through that sacred space. And I think that's the most important thing to do Anytime you're speaking to your client, whether it's on the phone in the beginning or at their place, to sit and listen first. Listen for words that might help describe what element is showing up. Listen for or see expressions of fear or disappointment. And, and then you can follow that path. You might have come with all kinds of ideas about what's going on in this house. And then you get in your own way. 
you know, and you get in your own way if you are trying to move it too fast. You have too much wood and you come and you move too fast. You have too much earth and you want to give them everything and, and hold them, and, you know, um, and so you have to get your own elements in place in order to see what's happening. And you have to be willing to listen with a different element at times. So uh, sometimes your client might want to move really fast and, you know, they're just moving, 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 and it's detail after detail after detail, but the essence of the need has been lost in, you know, how high the curtains are and the, and what's on their desk and, you know, where's the wastebasket, <laughs> all those things that we can get caught in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're following a path that's not, we need to follow the path that's, that's uh, both seen and unseen. And if we're not listening, unseen can't show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and then asking questions, trying not to come with a list, a to-do list of questions, um, preconceived notions. I mean, it's very tempting, especially when you start to learn, you know, if you've looked at a floor plan and you're at the point in your practice where you can look at a floor plan and, and, and learn quite a few things, it's still tempting to come already thinking you figured it all out. Right. And then you really, have yeah, to- you have to let go of those assumptions. You have to let go of your personal feelings about design. There's so many things you have to let go of. And that's why I speak of it as empty. I mean, you certainly come with your experience, your cultivation, even a beginner comes with some information, but you really have to just let that go. That happened for me very naturally. I don't think professor ever said that to me, but I found that when I showed up at someone's front door, I felt like I, my head was empty. My empty. My everything was just a blank until I walked in, and then it all showed up. And I think we all have to trust that, because if we've um, been with uh, really good teachers, um, there's an essence that moves uh, from them through us to our client, and that's that sacred space. And I think that's where we get into the the words I was talking about earlier: intermediate learning, functional complexity that's what shows up at the front door. And if you're empty, you can, you can take that on. You can take on the element that you see. You can take on the design details that you see. And that's complexity. That, that's, you walk into complexity and you have to walk in empty. And then each piece will start to fit together in a puzzle and it will be very natural if you can allow that to happen. And there, there are so many examples of all these things like a beginner with ignorant simplicity. I learned first about the sun moon mirror by just learning to, to take one mirror and get three hours of sunlight in it, if I could, to give it to a client who was a woman who didn't have the money to, or the time to make a mirror or buy a mirror. She needed something to give her vitality right away because she was in a really difficult space with a sick child. And so professor said, a sun mirror with sunlight in it, put it under her pillow and it will give her vitality. And then, you know, Later on in my learning from Professor, I learned that there's a sun-moon mirror, (laughs) which gives us both the sun and the moon, and we can use either side at any time when needed. But it started with just a sun mirror just used for the immediate need. And Mm -hmm. so there are so many ways, even in our profound simplicity, where we can trace the nine stars on someone's home, um, where we can move through each gua in a certain path. Um, And that gets a little complicated sometimes. But he said, if you are standing 
in a room and you say, oh my goodness, I love this picture that you have here. And that, and you point to something they have in family. And then you use your words to express that something in wealth is quite lovely. <laughs> so you can use your words to go from place to place without even sitting to do a ceremony. Or you can simply, when you sit down with someone to ask questions about their life, if you come in and you're asking, well, how's your family? You know, how are your children? Do you have money? You know, how is your money situation? And you're walking through this path just with your words and you don't have to sit and do a ceremony or bring a lot of things. There's that's profound simplicity to me. And, and so at any level of learning, you can use this idea of simplicity. And that's very accessible to a lot of people to, to, to do that, like you're saying, to walk the nine star path through a home and to ask very simple questions that have to do with each of the guas. And that is accessible to a lot of new practitioners or people that are just beginning. But even as an advanced practitioner, the questions just become different. You know what I mean? Sometimes, or there's more, there's, you know, because you learn, you'll start to learn so many different layers and depths to each of the guas that, you know, either, well, or when there's a particular answer, that word, the words that they said click in a different way. Right. Yeah. And and it can be done in some, if 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 the beginner has just simply learned the steps of the nine star path, that's all they know so far. They haven't they haven't really felt yet the the gravity of that tracing the nine star path. Just speaking the words will allow that beginner to begin to see when they've finished that conversation, what shows up. Because once you've traced that path, you've traced a sacred path and it's their path. It's, it's their path. It will bring up their needs and their wants just by speaking that path. So if all your student knows is that and can speak those words, they will begin to see that profound simplicity that shows up. That's beautiful. I like that. So, well, actually you've, you kind of have, I mean, I had this, I was like, oh, uh, it'd be great if, you know, Catherine could also share if she could give some advice to a new practitioner that's just begun to work with clients. I mean, I think just what you've said is brilliant, um, but would you, is there anything else that you would share with a practitioner who's new to, not new, new, but has been studying and now is ready to sort of venture into the world and start to actually go into other humans' homes and clients' homes? What would you give them as a piece of advice? I think to be simple in your language, if you've learned the guas, then the names of the guas in Chinese, <laughs> I would use English. If you're, <laughs> I mean, I, that that's just a really simple thing. And then I would keep your explanations of how can I, how can I describe this? I think we give too much explanation of if we give someone a method to practice or meditation to practice, or um, we're trying to explain the depth of the water element or uh, to keep your language really simple. And then if people don't understand, they'll ask you more questions. But if you're, if you're giving someone a method, I think to keep the explanation simple and not to describe the outcome that they should expect. I think I would stay away from explaining the outcome because the outcome for everyone's going to be different. Everyone will experience an adjustment in a different way. If you give an adjustment for having a better digestive system, it might help someone's digestive system, but other people might experience in a different way. They might find that they learned immediately that eating a certain food was not good for them 
or the whole digestion issue might be the way they process information and they might learn something about the way they process things. So let them experience that for themselves. Um, yeah, and that's that's a it's a hard thing to do. I mean, because you really want to help people, and you think the best way to help them is to walk them through it sometimes step by step. But yes, that is those are all really good points. And again, sounds very simple, but not always easy to do. But I, yeah, I, I, it goes back to that. Yeah. Um, well, before we get into. I will definitely want to talk a bit about how people can learn more with you. But if you also, let's talk about non-practitioners out there, because we have a lot of listeners that are very interested in this practice and they probably maybe don't want to study it on a really deep level, but is there anything you would tell them as they sort of dip their toe into this practice and what, what to do or what to play with if you had first timers or newbies, newbie non-practitioners? Newbie non-practitioners. <laughs> um, gosh, that's a good question because everyone is so different. Everyone comes with a different thought about what feng shui is going to offer them. Some people want a quick fix. Mm -hmm. And I would say, don't be surprised when the practitioner asks you a surprising question. Mm -hmm. One of my clients came to me and their question, their, their question and need and want was uh, they didn't have enough time for sex. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> and they were surprised by my immediate question, which was, do you have children and how are they? So, and it got us right to the fact that their children were in jail. Now, how did I, how did I know that? <laughs> um, so I would ask the client, the person who's interested in feng shui did not to allow themselves to be surprised by a practitioner's questions because there is unseen information in a floor plan. So allow that space to be open for something they have not yet seen. It and they probably wouldn't be able, it's, it, they may not see it. And that's why you bring in a, you know, a consultant or a practitioner to, to help you see that because it's hard to see our own feng shui or to see those patterns right on our own. Yeah, and that's that's the beauty of feng shui. I think that some people don't understand because it's still seen as move a chair, paint a wall, and yet the practice is very deep and healing and sacred, and that space is sacred, and from that place is going to flow a lot of really wonderful information, but it can be quite surprising. Well, so. in, a, in a sense, that makes me think about one way for people who are interested in feng shui to keep it simple is to look at it as something you can learn about, but not necessarily try to apply it or, you know what I mean? Like not try to DIY it. Cause when you try to DIY it, it's when you make it really complex. Like if I tried to DIY my own dental work, that would be very complex, <laughs> but I could keep it simple. And I go feel to like it's about a generally a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would, but even like, but even something simple, like instead of buying a necklace, I decide I want to make it my own, but that's pretty, that's a lot of complexity. I have to buy the beads. I have to learn how to make it. I have to have all the tools you have to buy. You have to collect a whole bunch of tools and moving parts. And that makes it very complex. And sometimes keeping it simple is to just trusting an expert to work on it too. And just maybe listening and understanding. And then when you're ready, you work with a practitioner. 
Yeah, I think a good example of that, and this was one of the points that I was thinking about earlier, is that the client and the practitioner should not place, oh, how do I want to say this? Time and value are not the same. So spending more time, not more value, right? Just an example of that is a, a sort of a complex floor plan came to me. And when I used this sort of advanced technique of the mystical on the house, which, which your advanced students um, may have learned from you, I saw a woman who may be considering suicide. That's what I saw. So when I spoke to her, my first question was, and it was quite bold of me, <laughs> um, and it could have gone very much wrong, but uh, I immediately asked her if she had been considering suicide. That was my first question to her. And she burst into tears and said, yes, I'm running my father's business. I hate it. I don't want to do this anymore. There's only one person left in this business because no one believes it in anymore. I don't believe in it anymore. And I don't want to do it. And she said, I'm going to my father's office right now. And I'm telling him I'm quitting. And that was the end of the consultation. And that was the best value for her. And it took five minutes. So mm -hmm. don't, don't think that you have to spend time explaining everything. And some people don't want to know about everything on, on the Bagua, mm -hmm. right? And, and you can get all caught up in that and every caught up in every single design detail that you see to think that that's giving value. And that sense of profound simplicity is getting to the point and addressing the need at hand and seeing it and addressing it and offering a solution. Yes, I think that's something that does take time, obviously, and experience. But if you know that going in early on, you know, that you don't. And I think that's always the way we were taught from all our teachers is don't you don't need to go through every area of the Bagua and cover everything and do it was just never the way when we did consultations, when we watched our teachers do it, it was very much the letting it lead you. And then you're sort of, oh, okay, we're going over here now. So no, this is what we're talking about. And this is what we're working on. And, you know, and then the client will be like, oh, but what about my wealth? Yeah. You know what? Let's, you know, <laughs> what about my wealth area? What about this? What about that? And then sort of just leading. And then, and then sometimes as you were saying, it's like a surprising, you end up in a surprising place, but it's, it's, it's really productive. And it's really where at the end of the day, there's a lot of, um, a lot of, um, a lot of growth and a lot of things are shifting for them and they can, they can appreciate it. And then it's not at all what they expected. Also, it's not yeah. at all. They thought we were going to, we were literally going to put a plant in wealth and then we were going to, you know, I don't know, move their so sofa. And then that was it. And it's never what they think, but it's always um, this practice. Uh, if you give it to them and the, meet them at the right place and where they are, it's always what they need. I find. Yeah, it, it's you're 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 reaching their destination with them. It's not your destination. It's their destination, and and to be there with them is really really important. Gosh, there's so much to say about simplicity. It's like I know it's so it's so much to say about it's such a simple thing. I know. Well, I, um, Angie, did you have anything else you wanted to chat about? Or I mean, I know you feel. Oh, I feel very. This. You and your empty you. cup. You're in your empty cup. She always says, "Come as an empty cup." to our students. <laughs> I'm, well, actually, I, it did make me think, um, because both of you know that I've been studying tea ceremony, and I am probably the worst tea ceremony student, right? 
they actually demoted me into a beginner, <laughs> beginner, beginner, beginner class. But, but I was like, I thought I was already in the beginner, beginner, beginner class. Like, why did you not put me <laughs> anyway? So I finally got put in the proper class for the level I'm in because I'm a newbie. And the teacher, and this is where I want, I, I want to be in that, what did you say, Catherine, the ignorant profound simplicity, profound, oh, ignorant simplicity. <laughs> yeah, I want to be like that. But she keeps telling me to, she keeps correcting me and having me <laughs> fixed so many things. But even like some the like the beginning of the last lesson, I learned a lot, because even coming in the room, she was watching me and then she stopped me. And she said, so when you bowed to the guests in the room, because I was the host, she said, you didn't look up to, at your guests at all. You just like bowed and popped back up. You're not, but you're there as a host. So you need to watch the guests and see what they do. So you can move up slowly and then kind of look and respond to what they're doing. But I was so busy trying to do my, just like walk in correctly <laughs> that, that I didn't even stop and look at the other people in the room. So there's so many teachings. I really love many of these Asian practices and arts that really challenge you in a very strict way, because I respond well to that, but in a very, in a very strict way to stop and notice how much profundity is there when you can just stop. Yes. Yes. Just stop stop your your thinking and just be in your heart and you have to trust that all those teachings that you have inside of you you know all of my 37 years of of practice and and learning from professor they're all there but i still have to enter empty and if i find myself not being empty i think a, a good advice for everybody is to just chant because that allows that emptiness to be there all the, when i chant even a simple chant, mm -hmm. um, Hom, you know, it doesn't allow all these other things to show up. And um, it doesn't allow me to think, well, you know, I'm my best cure for somebody is to put this huge boulder um, on the, the driveway into their home because it, it looks like they're the house is for sale. And my, my cure was the first thing that came to mind was a huge boulder so that it didn't look like you were driving over a cliff to come see this house that was for sale. And I kept thinking, oh, there's, she's never going to do this. It's not possible. <laughs> and I got in my own way. And I finally said that to her and she said, oh, that's a great idea. I know a guy with a big tractor and he can put a big boulder right there. I'll talk to my neighbors. And it went there in the household. So <laughs> in that stillness, in that quietness, that's what comes forth, that inspiration. And it's one thing and you can't get in your own way. <laughs> That's you just, there's so many ways we get in our own way. Uh, and to be still is the best way to move out of that. Even in the middle of a consultation, if you're getting in your own way or something's getting very confused or the client's angry or the one consultation where I had where the man came in with a baseball bat, you know, threatening all of us you know, to chant, to be quiet, to be still, and what to do next will come. It's really important, Angie. I'm really, I love that you gave us that experience of your own in that ignorant simplicity and how it can become profound simplicity. Really wonderful. Well, I wanted to make sure we got this in. So for anyone listening who is interested in, in studying and learning with Catherine, she has uh, her storyboard, which is now called One by One, correct? Storyboard One by One. 
Yes. And so I, listen, I will tell you if, if you're a practitioner at any level, definitely, I mean, you can, you can start, but if, if you're a practitioner out there and you are, you know, advanced or what, I mean, you should, you definitely should be checking this out. The library, the depth of knowledge and the way that you have set up these case studies are just, they've been really really helpful. And I've learned so much really from studying with you. And I would, um, I would recommend them to anyone really. And they're on your website. Did you want to, is it, we can also, we'll put it in our, our little. It's fengshuistoryboard.com, fengshuistoryboard.com and katherinemetz.com. Okay. That's where the practitioner's library is. And the, the case files there are 48 different case files that you can choose now one by one. It used to be a whole four year study and you'd move one by one. Now you can choose a topic if it's divination or um, the story about no time for sex is there. Um, and, and it sort of lays out how, I, how I've worked through a case file, what shows up, what we did, how it happened. And I think it's a good example of over and over again of how a practitioner works through a story. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It really is. And Catherine was a senior student of Professor Linyan. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Professor Linyan brought the BTB feng shui teachings to the West. And she worked with him for how many years? 30 years? 25. 25. I wrote down everything he told me for 25 years. And that's all in the storyboard. Um, it's, a, it's an amazing resource. It really is. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, thank you. It's been really delightful to have you here. And thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and wisdom as always. It's always, um, you really always walk away with something great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming. Well, I wanna thank you, both of you for being such profound students. Um, you've carried this tradition on with, with wonderful grace and I wanna thank you both so much. Thank you. Well, we it's we're just one, one branch in a tree and we're one, you know, the continuing standing on the shoulders, continuing the tradition. So it's, uh, we don't take these on our, as our own. We, we really just, um, you know, they really come from the root lineage and we respect that. So, and, and we respect our teachers and you should always bring it back to your teachers and, and acknowledge them. So we've really, that's important to us, Angie and I. Thank you both. Thank you so much for listening to this earlier episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Now you can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share the podcast with others. Subscribe and even better, leave a review. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, Please visit our website, online store, and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can visit holisticspaces.com. Support the podcast by checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.